Hello, and welcome to the Monster Outside podcast with yours truly. Be prepared to delve into the world of true crime, starting with a deep dive into the misconceptions surrounding sex trafficking. Can you handle what's looming on the outside? On today's episode of the Monster Outside podcast, we are going to talk about one of the biggest sporting events in America, the Super Bowl. More specifically, we're going to expose the true nature of a seemingly innocent sporting event where a slew of sex traffickers and young females are hidden amongst the crowd. The most watched sporting event in America every year is the Super Bowl. With millions of viewers scheduled to tune in, all eyes are on the host for this on the host city for the game, but human traffickers have their eye on the city too. Like so many large events, the Super Bowl with its celebrations and parties is notoriously susceptible to human and sex trafficking. One look at the news shows that Uber drivers are being given training on how to identify victims in their back seat. Hotels are training staff on how to initiate rescues. Well, many ask the question. It's the country's largest sporting event, but it is truly the largest human trafficking event in the world. Well, consider this. In 2019, 100 million viewers tuned into the Patriots-Rams matchup. But that day and every day, there were over 40 million people trapped in modern-day slavery. Well, what does the modern-day slavery look like? Honestly, it can look like a wide range of things. For example, it can look like Abha in India, who at the age of 13 was manipulated into being sold in the sex trafficking industry. At some points, she would be sent 20 to 30 customers a day. It can look like Esther in Ghana, who was enslaved to work on a lake for hours on end when she was just six years old. For 10 years, all she knew was sweeping, cleaning, and processing fish. It can even look like Marco in the Philippines, who was seven when his trafficker began to sexually exploit him in front of a live audience on the internet. Yes, and we will be focusing on the Super Bowl that just happened this year, where more than 70 people were arrested during an investigation aimed at combating sexual exploitation in Hillsborough County during the Super Bowl week. The operation also resulted in the recovery of six people believed to be victims of human trafficking. Throughout the course of the investigation, dubbed Operation Game Over, which started Monday, February 1st, and ended Saturday, February 6th, the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office arrested a total of 75 people accused of seeking to either buy or sell sex. Undercover deputies targeted massage parlors, hotels, motels, and online chat rooms known for illicit activity. What's so scary is the fact that sex traffickers and those in relation to sex trafficking can be young or old, with those arrested this year being as young as 19 and as old as 73. The sheriff, Chad Cronster, stated that the sickening practice of human trafficking is a crime that is nothing less than modern-day slavery, and escaping the wrath of a trafficker (coughs) takes courage and in some cases is nearly impossible. For this reason, we have not, it will not, relent in our efforts to stop the demand and we are accomplishing this one arrest at a time. Three of the men arrested have been charged with human trafficking. In one of those cases, a 17-year-old victim was recovered. The teen was taken into custody by HCSO's Child Protective Investigation Division. 
and the other two victims in that particular case were connected with Seller Freedom, a local nonprofit that provides services and counseling to human trafficking survivors. People need to know that individuals who buy sex, whether they know it or not, may be exploiting a human trafficking victim for their own pleasure. Those who offer sexual services may be doing it against their will, and an arrest may be their only chance at freedom. Operation Game Over was executed across the country. 32 people were arrested at hotels and motels. 30, 27 people were arrested along roadways. Eight women were arrested at massage parlors, and eight men were arrested for engaging in explicit, explicitly sexual online chat conversations with undercover detectives they believed to be minors. This year, Frank Hicks, age 31, Joseph Garcia, age 27, Tyler Scalkley, age 26, Keith Pravat, age 34, and Corey Avery, age 31, all face felony charges for traveling to a hotel to meet the juvenile with the intention of having sex. Well, why is sex trafficking so prominent at the Super Bowl? Honestly, I believe that because everyone's attention is on the sporting event at hand and there are so many people, sex traffickers see an opportunity where they are less likely to get caught and go for it. According to ESPN, our attention goes to the rivalry and revelry during the Super Bowl. But executing large sporting events such as the Super Bowl, FIFA World Cup, the Winter and Summer Olympics, and various others requires the employment of temporary workers. These increased labor opportunities can open the door for an influx of human trafficking. This goes to show you that the magnitude of sex trafficking and human trafficking is often dramatically increased leading up to up to and during large sporting events and entertainment events like the Super Bowl. For example, according to reporting by ESPN's E60, more than a thousand people have died in Qatar as a result of labor trafficking and associated poor such illegal working conditions to build new facilities for the 2022 World Cup. The Super Bowl generates millions of dollars every year, and one of the biggest recipients of this massive revenue is the whole city. Therefore, according to a Rockport Analytics study after the 2018 Super Bowl L2, the net economic impact to the Minneapolis-St. Paul economy was an estimated $400 million. Based on comprehensive analysis of visitor expenditures, host committee and NFL operations, reported tax collections, media ex expenditures and other ancillary and economic activities this estimated economic impact included 5,490 jobs supported 273 million in paid wages and 32.4 million in state and local tax revenues according to the human trafficking data compiled by the institute for sport and social justices shutout trafficking program there is consistently a spike of reported incidents in the u.s around january and february when the super bowl takes place in January 2019, there were approximately 450 reported incidents with a jump to approximately 540 in February. It dropped down to 140 incidents in March 2019. In recent years, the increased visitors in host cities tend to encourage the criminal activities of human trafficking and sex trafficking. It is often found that criminally organized sex rings will travel from one location to another to meet the demand of large sporting events. And according to the Institute for Sport and Social Justice, these type of large sporting events can lead to a culture of partying, drinking, and too often engaging in paid sex activities. And according to the UN-backed International Labor Organization, also known as ILO, it is estimated that up to 40 million people today worldwide are affected by this industry. 
In a 2014 ILO report, human trafficking earns a profit of roughly $150 billion a year for traffickers with 66% of the global profits coming from sexual exploitation. According to the ILO and the nonprofit uh, Polaris Project, the sex and labor trafficking industry is, is second only to drug trafficking as the world's largest, largest criminal industry. In 2019 alone, per the Institute for Sport and Social Justice's shutout trafficking program, there were 2,907 individuals arrested, suspected, or charged with human trafficking activities in the United States. More than 400 people over 18 years of age were rescued from being trafficked and nearly 150 children under the age of 18 were freed. There were 83 new laws passed and 483 community-based initiatives to fight human trafficking. So what measurements are put in place to help combat human trafficking and sex trafficking at these events? In 2020, there was an increase in community and law enforcement initiatives to, com- to combat the number of incidents being reported around the Super Bowl. One of the most solid first lines of defense for law enforcement was training and relying on staff within hospitality industries such as hotels, restaurants, massage parlors, and adult entertainment clubs to, s- to cite and report any signs of trafficking. The Miami Hotel Industry also hosted an anti-trafficking summit at the Fostan Fostan Blue uh, Resort in Miami Beach in early January 2020. Hospitality industry staffers were trained to spot the signs of human trafficking, while the city and its law and, and its law enforcement officials remained on remained on high alert during the lead up to the Super Bowl and throughout the month of February. The first line of defense will always continue to be hospitality industry and its staff. In addition to law enforcement's efforts, many anti-trafficking organizations have taken matters into their own hands. Since 2011, Teresa Flores, the founder of Save Our Adolescents from Prostitution, or known as SOAP, and a survivor of sex trafficking in her Ohio-based foundation, have been active with holding outreach programs and opportunities during Super Bowls. The goal of SOAPs is to distribute small, small bar soaps to hotel rooms, which display a message to human trafficking victims along with the National Human Trafficking Hotline. In 2019, such efforts from law enforcement and organizations like SOAP made difference in the rescuing of 16 minors and 34 adults before and during Super Bowl L3. But the efforts don't just stop at law enforcement and local organizations. Since 2014, it's a penalty has been the primary global ad campaign focused on using the power of sports to address human trafficking issues related to major sporting events, including the Super Bowl. NFL players Andy Dalton, Aaron Rodgers, Nick Foles, Ryan Tannehill, Charles Harris, Jerome Baker, and Ben Watson all support the campaign. All seven players have lent their voices to a 30-second campaign film, which could have been seen at Miami airports in January. In flight on all British Airways and American Airlines planes during January and beginning in February, as well as in partnership with hotels supported by the Super Bowl host committee and Uber, among others. Uh, these are all examples of how the people directly involved in a sport should be using their platform to recognize and help fight against the issue, against an issue that is occurring around them. In this new decade, sporting communities need to do all that they can to combat human trafficking. 
January was National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month, and the number of community initiatives in the U.S. have multiplied, but human trafficking still exists and remains a large problem at these sporting events. It's crucial that now, with every large sporting event, we need to continue to provide any and all efforts possible to stop this crime against humanity. Well, let's say you are a victim of sex trafficking. How does one heal from that? Through a multitude of organizations and trauma-based work groups, it can aid in one's recovery. For example, Stopping the Traffic is a nonprofit organization that vowed to help protect and prevent vulnerable children and adults. At Stopping Traffic, they help survivors feel empowered, freedom. Here, they offer healing by way of workshops and yoga to get their freedom back free of those abusive chains. During the journey of healing as a sex trafficking victim, victims may need to seek both medical and dental care to ensure proper healing. Some healing survivors need to receive surgical needs cared for as well. One way that helps to heal or offer support to overcome their fears, trauma, anxiety, and pains is healing workshops for survivors. Some of the workshops include meditation, pranam yoga, a holistic, natural approach to help PTSD healing for survivors, and transforming anger. They also offer educational scholarships so that they are able to receive an education that they can work to be independent. Hashtag every soul counts. Three ways to a sustainable and healthy recovery include having a strong mental health foundation, going to a residential program, and having an education and work foundation. With a strong mental health foundation, survivors should have deep-rooted support in their mental health while healing. It has been a top priority because it is important to understand the psychological processes the mind goes through as well as the body. In specific residential programs, survivors need a, a place to stay so that they can take back their freedom. The programs really make sure that they understand that the, they are victims, no matter how challenging things were, even up to the point of escaping. Finally, they need help building a strong education and work foundation. Some survivors aren't able to get jobs because they either have no work experience or an incomplete high school education. They need access to both work and education so they can live independent, sustainable lives. Healing Lives is another organization which provides assistance to those who are victims to sex trafficking. They focus on a multitude of things in therapy. With trauma therapy, they support survivors through the treatment modalities to give long-term support in helping them understand and process their traumas by group counseling, individual counseling, and psychoeducation. Through peer support, survivors are around people with common experiences and they give support to one another. This helps build relationships, trust, and recovery. These support groups are paired with a peer specialist that speaks on specific topics. The specialist will also focus on survivors, goal settings. There is also transportation assistance. This assistant allows said survivors to get to their community, attend therapy, workshops, school, work, etc., this limits the barriers that are placed on them by force, not a choice. Last but not least, they help with basic needs management. This assistant ensures that survivors have the basic needs to set them up for success. Basic needs include food, legal support, substance use, clothing, and housing. To finish off this podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to Kyla Frenchwood for sending in the research regarding trauma healing. I also want to thank all the different organizations aiding in the recovery for sex trafficking victims. Thanks for tuning in to the Monster Outside podcast. If you would like to stay updated, follow us on Instagram at the Monster Outside podcast. See you on the outside.